Greetings, fellow beings of love and light, and welcome to the first topic of the second level of our spiritual awakening course. Obviously, there is an I in humanity, so what am I talking about here? Well, in the previous level of the course, we outlined the oneness of the universe. We are one with each other, one with God, one with the planet, and one with the whole universe. There is no past or future, just the eternal now. There is no space, no time, no others. There is one conscious being experiencing itself to the game or movie of the universe. In the Bible, Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do unto me. He was obviously talking about oneness here, and this is the attitude we ought to have. Prophet Muhammad was another person who asked us to treat each other as we wish to be treated. We have previously talked about some scientific experiments that prove the oneness of the universe, but I'll now outline some experiments that specifically prove that we are all one with each other. So let's start with a 1994 experiment conducted by um, Grimberg Zilberbaum. So sorry, these names are always so long. Delaflor, Atti, and Goswami. So the experiment examines seven pairs of su subjects hooked up to EEGs, which are instruments that record brain activity. They put one person from each pair in a soundproof room, shielded from all known forms of electromagnetic radiation. Then at random intervals, a hundred times during the course of the experiment, the brain of the member of the pair outside the room was stimulated briefly. When the two groups of brainwaves samples were compared, they showed that the brains of those inside the shielded room responded to the stimulation of the partner outside. This indicates that our brains are connected. William Broad was an American psychologist and parapsychologist. One of his students who practiced hypnosis agreed to participate in a study in which Broad attempted to transmit his thoughts. His student was hypnotized and was sitting in a room down the hall from him, unaware of Broad's doings. Broad had pricked his hand and placed it over a candle flame and his student experienced pain or heat. He'd looked at a picture of a boat and the student remarked about a boat. He opened the door of his lab to the brilliant Texas sunshine and the student mentioned the sun. Broad had been able to carry out his end of experiment anywhere, even on the other side of the building or many miles away from the student um, in the sealed room, and they, he got the same results. These experiments indicated that our minds are linked. Eric Leskowitz, a psychiatrist from Harvard Medical School's Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital, visited the Institute of Heart Math in Boulder Creek in California in 2007. While blindfolded and meditating, his heart rate and heart coherence were continuously monitored by the lab technicians. So heart coherence is where the interval between the heartbeats is regular and constant. This occurs when positive emotions are experienced, such as love and compassion. Negative emotions disrupt heart coherence. At random intervals unknown to Leskowitz, expert meditators standing behind him were given a signal to enter heart coherence themselves. So the meditators started experiencing positive emotions. As they did so, Leskowitz's heart coherence also increased. Without touching him, they were able to shift his heart-brain function. A follow-up study measured the same effect in 25 volunteers in a series of 148 10-minute trials, and it found the same phenomenon of heart entrainment at a distance. This showed evidence that our emotions and hearts are connected. Researchers in Birmingham, in, here in England, showed college students images of people suffering from localized sports injuries or from receiving injections. 
Almost a third of the students felt pain at the same site portrayed in the photographs they were looking at. This showed that we can even feel each other's physical pains. A popular magic trick that is often used by magicians is where two people come up on stage and one of them is blindfolded. The magician taps the person who is blindfolded somewhere on their body, maybe their nose, and then asks the blindfolded person if they felt anything. If the magician knows what they're doing, the blindfolded person says that they felt a tap on the same area of their body as where the other volunteer was actually tapped. This magic trick is only possible because we are all connected. However, we don't need experiments to tell us that we are all connected, as we see evidence for it every single day. Whenever someone laughs, we laugh. Whenever someone cries, we get teary. Whenever someone smiles, we smile. When someone is angry, we become angry. And when we show love uh, to someone, that person will want to show love to others. When we show hatred to someone, that person is likely to project that hatred onto someone else. The only possible explanation for this phenomenon is that we're all connected. We are all one. We're all reflections of each other. Intrinsically, we all know this to be true. So why do we not just show love to everyone all the time? Because temporarily, we forget the interconnections we have with each other. We forget that we are reflections of each other. We temporarily believe in separation. We temporarily believe in illusory things that seem to divide us. In our daily lives, most of us often perceive there are differences and divisions between us and others, whether it be in our political views, our religious views, our social class, our wealth values, our sexual preferences, or our levels of power, and our race. However, in the previous level of the course, we discussed how all separation is an illusion. It must be because there is only one conscious being in the universe. So separation is an error of perception. As the Buddha once said, in the sky, there is no distinction between East and West. People create distinctions out of their own minds and believe them to be true. This doesn't mean that there would not be differences in opinions, looks, personalities, or circumstances. But as long as we don't define ourselves and each other with these things, and we can still maintain our perception of oneness. We're all united in the one thing that is truly real, the one thing that truly matters, who we truly are. All these other things are transitory surface level experiences. Over the course of your many lives, you will have been many different races, had different religious and political views, have been in many different social classes, and have had various different levels of wealth. Yet the one thing that has remained constant throughout all these lives is who you truly are. This is the same for everyone. So anything that we can do both personally and collectively to abolish perceived separation is a step towards a society based on love. While we talked about what we can do personally in the last level of the course, we will now talk about what we can collectively do to change our current systems that divide us. Anything which the ego can use to say this is mine and not yours or any system that separates you and others is an indication of a system that must change to be in line with love and oneness. Firstly, let us tackle the system of national borders. Why do we have borders? To divide areas of land. But does the country we live in or the country we were born in define us? Of course not. So I ask again, why do we have borders? There is no logical reason for them. When two people are born in two different areas of the world, our borders strongly support the illusion that these are two separate, different people. As a result, if something happens to the other person in a different country, we don't really care that much. If there are no borders, 
both these people would be viewed as part of the same human race. Think about how borders were first created. A group of people would invade several communities and force their rule over, over the people of all these communities. They would then claim these cluster of communities as theirs and under their rule. Many wars and battles have been fought over the years to establish the borders that we now have. Does this sound like a system based on love that was consciously chosen by native people? Or does it sound like a system based on a few greed, greedy, power-hungry people who have forced their will on others? This world belongs to all of us equally because we are all one. It really hurts to see some countries reject immigrants looking for refuge, but this happens because we perceive a separation between us all. We selfishly think about what is best for us and not think about the other. Yet what most of us do not realize is there is no us and them. There is just oneness. It's easy to turn a blind eye to those in need who are in different countries because it's easy for the mind to believe in separation that is based on space. Out of sight, out of mind, after all. But once we collectively view oneness, we could never turn a blind eye to anyone. And we would help others in the way that we would want to be helped in their shoes. When borders are abolished, we will all feel equally responsible for all the land, sea, air and people of the earth. There will, there will not be rich countries or poor countries, there will not be communist countries or capitalist countries, there will not be countries with different regimes, and there would be no war. This would lead to, a very, to very few differences in the quality of living in the different areas of the world. With borders, a need for governments arise. The issue with the governments is that it gives very few people the power over the masses. People argue that we have democracy in many countries, but often the governments that come into power aren't even elected by half the country. Yet the government tells the whole country what to do. And often those who vote for a party don't agree on all the party's policies, but feel they are more aligned with that party than the others. So they vote based on a lesser of, a lesser of all evils mindset. And more often than not, the government doesn't carry out the majority of their promises, or they go in direct, directly opposing directions to their promises. Different communities have different problems and circumstances, so centralizing power over the whole country to a few people doesn't make any sense. So governments divide those with power from those without power and divide people with different political views. This system is therefore not in line with oneness. So what is the solution? The only solution is to, dev to devolve power back to individuals and smaller communities. In this way, all individuals will have complete power over their own lives. For decisions relating to the whole community, it can be put to a vote to the people. In this way, the communities can agree on common issues that specifically relate to them. There will be no need for political parties or politics at all. In addition, devolving power to communities allows things to get done far more quickly and cheaply, as there would be no bureaucracy to go through. This system has often been called anarchism. There have been several examples in history of anarchic societies, and they all existed peacefully and happily, happily before an outside force came in and took over them. If we all abolished borders and became a global anarchic society, we could all coexist peacefully without the threat of being invaded. However, for all this to work, we also need to abolish the division of wealth around the world. Money in itself is not evil. It's just pieces of paper and digits on the screen. What is the difference between monopoly money and real money notes? They're both pieces of paper. And what is the difference between money gained on a video game and the real money you have in your bank account? They're both digits on a screen.
The difference is that we have collectively consented in giving real money power over our lives. We have given these pieces of paper and digits on screens the power to divide the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots. The power we have given money allows money to rule over us and limit us. If you don't believe me, then answer this question. If money was no object, would you still be doing the same job as you are now? Most people would say no, which means that we have allowed money to control us. We have allowed it to stop us from what, doing what we truly want to do. Would you be le less stressed if you didn't have to worry about money? Of course. So we have all allowed money to affect our emotions as well. What stops us as a society fulfilling every need that we have is money. Money limits us and slows down our progression. However, because of oneness, my wealth is your wealth and vice versa. England's wealth is Uganda's wealth and vice versa. Asia's wealth is South America's, South America's wealth and vice versa. Instead of using money to better the collective situation for humanity, we currently use it to make our personal lives more comfortable and use it as a way to impress others. Every single person has an equal right to the collective wealth of humanity, without exception. What if there was some sort of human bank account? What if all the money everyone earned went into this bank account? What if anyone could withdraw from this account as and when they needed to? If anyone needs food, shelter, medical help or anything else, they would just be taken care of. If communities could benefit from certain infrastructures and projects, they would be able to get funding for these projects. This would ensure people and communities would get what they need instantly. This would also wipe out all the debt in the world, and crime would reduce dramatically. Companies wouldn't take harmful shortcuts to increase their profits. People would be able to pursue their passions and career aspirations without fear. Happiness would be at an all-time high. You may initially feel uncomfortable with the idea of giving up your personal wealth for the collective wealth, but I ask you why? The reason is because you feel identified with your personal wealth. When the idea of personal wealth is no more, you feel you have lost a part of you or sacrificed something. But you are so much more than just wealth. And once you see this, you will not hesitate to share everything you have. In the Bible, Jesus was quoted to have said, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why did Jesus say this? It's because the rich are identified with their wealth. It's harder for them to realize who they truly are because they're blinded with their money. It's only by letting go of the things that divide us from each other can we enter the kingdom of heaven. You may think that many people would selfishly withdraw large sums from the human bank account, but people are only selfish when they view some, some form of separation between them and others. However, when people feel connected to others, they become selfless. So when we are connected through this global bank account, people would be selfless. They would think twice about, about fulfilling their ego's desires. They would ask themselves the question, should I buy this or should I leave that money to be used for someone who really needs something? Fulfilling useless egoic desires would become a thing of the past. People would work for the purpose of helping each other rather than to hoard personal wealth and possessions. People feel good that the money they earn is being put to good use around the world. What better reward is there than this. When we collectively understand oneness, we would not perceive any divisions. There would be no homophobia, no sexism, no racism, and no hatred. Any differences would be recognized as the illusions they are. 
This does not mean that we should ignore these illusions. For instance, having different personality traits and passions is something to be embraced and celebrated, but we would understand the underlying reality of oneness in all beings. I was not exaggerating in the last level of the course when I said separation is the cause of all suffering in the world. However, we do need the majority of people on this earth to understand oneness, otherwise it would not work. We therefore have much work to do in this sense. When we realize that we're all connected and one with each other, we would not hesitate to help each other in what we need. Why do we help our family? Why do we help our friends? Why do we help animals? Because we feel connected to them. When we realize that we are connected with each other, no one would ever be left helpless. By removing systems that divide us, such as borders, governments, and personal wealth, we would be more inclined to show love to one another. Then all our successes would be shared, all our problems would be shared, all our resources would be shared. We would become one. There would be nothing that would only benefit or hurt a few. If a few people are struggling with something, it would be our collective responsibility to help them as quickly as possible. And if something is starting to benefit a few, it would be shared so that everyone could benefit from it. We need to get rid of this competitive society where we want to feel like we are doing better than others. This is the only way that a society based on love and oneness can work. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to book a free spiritual support session or free healing session with me, then please visit my website, www.highvibeliving.co.uk. Love to you all.